someone else has already said it best. This is the best method. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. The best. The best. Best, 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 best. As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yes, 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 yes. We're here. We are here with the one and only best of the best podcast doing the one and only good fellas. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, I'm your co-host, uh, Mr. Connor Keys. With me, as always, is the one and only Mr. Ronan Mullen. That's me. That's him. Uh, this mo- this episode, uh, hopefully we have the audio sorted out for all uh, the people who have been complaining about the audio. Uh, we uh, don't know Hopefully you got happening. that sound in fucking full Dolby. Bass. Heavy. <laughs> uh, fucking. For our uh, compadre Bondi in Dublin, let's hope it's drowning out the traffic the way it should do. I'm um, such an audiophile, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he, he, no, no, in all fairness, now you have to drown out that Dublin traffic somehow. So mm-hmm. hopefully this is doing what we uh, <laughs> intended it to do in the first place. Uh, just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So yes, good fellas. Yes. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, you're very welcome. Uh, you can go back to any other episode at any time. Uh, they don't seem to have any chronological order. No. And, nor do and they have any <laughs> order on the episode. Yeah. And big, big thanks to everyone that's been pumping the numbers up this week. I don't know what the fuck yeah. happened but i don't know i went a wee bit skew if in a good way i didn't really think they liked it uh so <laughs> don't go that far as i say this episode is uh good fellas 1990 mm. uh, release uh directed by martin scorsese and based upon the true life uh, events of henry hill yep so As dictated to nicholas pelegi pelegi Pelegi, I think is how they're calling them. Yeah. In his book, Wise Guys. Wise Guys. So the book came out in 1985, I believe. Yeah. And uh, it told the story of Henry Hill, who was a career gangster, a career mobster in New York. And uh, this highlighted his, the film highlights his uh, rise and ultimately fall yeah. uh, within the mobster, gangster world of the Italian families. Um widely renowned maybe as one of scorsese's best well it's 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 been said by many critics it's it's the high high water point in his career which is a very fucking high water point Mm. there's a lot of yeah there's some dung in there kundan i'm not the biggest (laughs) fan of few wee aye few dodgy ones um but i i think i think pretty much flawless portfolio like personally it's my favorite it's my favorite film of the nineties, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but and he did that. He did that two decades in a row. He kind of. Yeah. He kind of released a film, literally in year zero. So nineteen eighty mm-hmm. and nineteen ninety, he released two films that ended up that defined the defined that completely. whole decade. Yeah. But if you were to go like if you so if you go to the best film of the eighties, it's probably going to be Raging Bull. It's Raging Bull. You know, and the same for the nineties. So, uh, you have, in this then. Um, telling the story of Henry Hill, you have other characters then who are fictionalized in the sense that their surnames have been changed. But, but they are all real people. It's it's an adaptation of it's based on a true story, but it's it's as close as you're gonna get. If you look up any of the scenarios in this film, they, they happened. Mm-hmm. Uh but the names have been changed uh, yeah. of a lot of them bar Henry Hill. 
I think he's the only one that is I think he's the only actual. One, uh, because he didn't have to, because uh, he's now got a changed identity. So yeah, and yeah, he, he was a contributor to the book. Yeah, he wrote the book or contributed to it. So uh, in the in the starting point, we heard the intro there, um, which was not really the intro, but it's the intro mm-hmm. to the story of Henry Hill and uh, how he got started off. So as a young guy in high school, watching these gangsters, basically criminals, who mm-hmm. um, we've all, I was going to say we all know about them, but I think we all know about them because of Goodfellas. Godfather was there and all the rest, but this well, specific a, type a, of one. A quote I saw early on, um, which I remembered from years ago, was uh, the Godfather is how the Mafia wanted you to see them. Yeah. Goodfellas is how the Mafia actually are. Yeah. That's, that's and very that's as good, close yeah. as you're going to get to... as you're going to get a description of that, actually, yeah, because... Uh, any uh, subsequent Mafia mob-related TV show or film since mm-hmm. doesn't follow the path of The Godfather. It follows Goodfellas to a yes. T. And, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely, you can see it. Everything from the the brash suits uh, to the, the tacky <laughs> jewelry... Bronx Tale, Donnie yeah. Brasco, yeah. Sopranos, it's all following... But if you compare the women, for instance, and, and the jewelry and the tacky sort oh, of yeah. look and Goodfellas to to Godfather, it's uh, it's night and day. That's night and day. So, yeah, that description actually is perfect for us. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's how they, they wanted to be seen. So, the, I keep saying, so, we're back to so again. So, so many. So many days. <laughs> Uh, the, f- uh, the, cast, the cast the cast of this um, <coughs> masterpiece we're, we're going to call it that um, definitely one of our best of the best the cast may be one of the best of the best casts so. yeah the, this one's going this one's exciting for me and you to do because there's so much mm-hmm. uh, to dig through but the cast starting with the cast um, Ray Liotta wasn't obviously first choice no there's a lot of people who were uh, I think Sean Penn was first choice Right, okay. Uh, and Madonna was going to play Karen. Oh. Yep. Oh, dear Lord. That's out there, but wiser heads prevailed somewhere along the Thank line there. The and sweet uh, fucking Lord. But, I mean, what sort of fucking oh. shambles? In early 90s? Madonna oh. and Champagne? All I think of is Dick Tracy. She looked good in Dick Tracy, though. She may well have looked good. But you know, look like shit in Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so. We have then the uh, the mighty cast. Ray Liotta is Henry Hill. Ray Liotta is Henry Hill, and Ray Liotta, uh, Scorsese had seen a film of his that he had done early on. Uh, I believe it's a Wim Wenders film, but Pacci- or De Niro had actually handed him the copy of the videotape. Yeah, of um of this film, mm-hmm. and he liked him. So he was being touted from early on, but he was at a film festival and Ray Liotta actually got a copy uh, of the film to him. Okay. And he went, oh, De Niro's already handed me one. He went, what? He's like, yes, but you're in, I'm keeping you in mind. Because mm-hmm. he had heard that Wise Guys was being adapted and Scorsese's name was attached. So the producer, Erwin Winkler, wasn't impressed. He didn't Yeah, think there was a bit of a struggle to try and get him actually he, cast as He Liotta. didn't think that Liotta would be able to pull off the... The everyday man mixed mm. with the sort of more scurrilous elements of a mafioso. There's a quote somewhere that said, from Liotta, who said, I th- at the time, I thought there was more chance that they would have Eddie Murphy play the part than me. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. That's how little chance it was. It was going to be more likely to have yeah, a black man playing this game than, than Ray Liotta. Was than Ray Liotta. Liotta. He didn't know that much. He thought he had so, so little of a chance. But uh, again, kind of like thinking about uh, the, 
Madonna in the role or Sean Penn. You can't really think of anybody Tom else Hank now. Or Tom Cruise was also oh, considered. No. Cruise is good, but no. They're good, I, I but... Just, I think Liotta owns this. And again, it's easy to say that. I think you'd always find... I think, I think it's it's hard to imagine anybody else doing any role because that person owns that role. But Liotta, everything since he did, I just thought of him as Henry Hill. Yeah. That's how good he was. Copland, unreal. Very good show, too. Yeah. Unreal. But, unreal. yeah, he's... Sloan's best. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um... De Niro, Bobby D, Mr. De Niro. De Niro uh, is Jimmy Conway. Mm-hmm. Jimmy the Gent. He's Jimmy something else in real life. I can't remember, I can't remember his name, but we'll not say it. Just uh, but there you go again. Yeah, um, the in the, in the canal. But Pacino know. turned it down. Ooh. It was offered to Pacino. Okay. Uh, I don't know if Scorsese was trying to steer away from the me and Bobby best friends. Mm. Uh, again, it would have been it, interesting it, to see Pacino do it. but It secured the funding. It's a, once Getting he was on, on board, yeah, that yeah. was that was him sorted, and um, and I think that's what helped then towards the rest of the of, of the cast coming on board. Once you yeah. have De Niro on his thing, but again, Pacino, I don't think I could see him in that role. Um, De Niro has it down. I I don't know. Down. I think Pacino would have been, but again, we're talking about nineties. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's true. I suppose we're I'm not we're not talking items. about yeah. You know, don't forget after this film, Cape Fear came out, and De Niro buffed himself to the like mm-hmm. two years after. So, right. at this point, De Niro was an animal. Like mm-hmm. he was just chewing up every scene he was in and every film he was in, and you got a sort of glimpse of, you know, the, his masterpieces of the early eighties and late seventies. They weren't over. He was still he was still, he was yeah. still banging them out. Yeah. Like, but then Rock and Bill Winkle came along. Well, not we'll forget about okay. late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Definitely a divorce. Or remember that. Remember the. Tra- needed, remember the trailer for needed, Rocky and Bullwinkle. needed money. There was something. There was a reason why I had to do that. Uh, and <laughs> probably the 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 scene stealer, if you want, of the movie, and the only Oscar winner. Uh, only Oscar uh, winner uh, is Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. I think it's De Baron in real life. I don't mm-hmm. know, but Tommy DeVito. Uh, the first time. Um, Pesci properly gets to play a psychopath. He's worked with Scorsese before, but yes. to do an actual proper... Yeah, he's a, he's a sociopath more than a psychopath. He's, he, he's, he's, he's the craziest character. We'll get into the scenes that sort of turn the film in a bit, but there's one scene in particular. Can in you hear me wonder, shaking? You think it, it wasn't, was, it was my foot on there. It wasn't, that was you shaking your arse there, getting excited about talking. It uh, was, the sequel's um, rattling here, just in case you think it's a wee small child that we have in the cupboard. <laughs> What a, could have been anything like. Ah, but he's sleeping. He? Ah, he's not making noise. The um. Don't wake him up. Pesci, Pesci sort of. Just like De Niro, he he's not the he's not the star of the show. He's not the main. He's just a character that flows in and out of this life. Mm-hmm. But just like De Niro, the minute he turns up in every subsequent scene, you can't keep your fucking eye <laughs> off him, like. Yeah. Not even out of how appealing he is, but how afraid you are of what he's going to do and you're going to miss it. Yeah. So you have the the three uh, main good fellas. You've got um, Paul Servino playing Polly yep. Cicero, who is the sort of head guy, the Don. Uh, this is all based on the Lucchese family as well. Lucchese so family. one of the five families. One of the five families. They don't really talk about it in the film. Cause no, they, they mentioned the Gambino family once. But, but they m- mentioned the Gambinos because... Billy Billy Bats was belonged to him, yeah. Was a made man in the Gambinos. And they have 
then Car- uh, Karen, who is Henry Hill's wife, played by Lorraine, Lorraine Braggle. Braggle. Uh, a powerhouse performance. She's in this film of amazing characters and performances. She's my favorite. Yeah, really. and I, I, do, I still don't. I still can't tell you why. There's just bits where you see her not not saying a word, and Those maybe a voiceover's were, happening, yeah. and she's staring at something. You can tell by that woman's eye if mm-hmm. she's happy, besotted, her whole, yeah, angry her whole face can tell a can completely tell a story. Oh, she's ins- she's insanely good. Uh, and if you're listening, that doesn't know Lorraine Bracco. She ultimately then became um, Doctor Melfi. Doctor Melfi from Sopranos. So the uh, the link and there's um, I think I think the Mafia link. That yeah, was there somebody was says there's like fifty actors who end up being the Sopranos are in Goodfellas. In Goodfellas, <laughs> which is fucking <laughs> mental. That is absolutely mental. Uh, so then we get to the point that Henry Hill has uh, starting to tell his story. He's left high school. Well, <laughs> once he leaves high school, never attends. Never attends, and the postman is made well aware that the the post should not land um, from the school to his house. Such was the power of the the gangsters and the mobsters. Coming from Tyrone, we wouldn't know of any sort of like gangs of people who would use violence or intimidation in any way no. to control things. So it was alien to us to see like people with like weapons and stuff. You know, because we're in Northern Ireland, so. I mean, we wouldn't see... It's like, like the Bahamas, man. Yeah, you wouldn't see guns and stuff in the no. 90s. There was no natural stuff. So for us, it was nice to... <laughs> it was nice to escape <laughs> um, escape reality and uh, go to this fantasy land. I feeling you're like talking about something specific, but you're not saying it. No, I just... I can't think what it is. It's, it's To tru- be fair, though... It's troubling me. I can't think. It is troublesome. And... Yeah. But at least Mavi's organized. <laughs> And not so fucking secret. And not so secret. <laughs> uh, Are you on a corner eating a fucking <laughs> pizza slice in a suit? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Can you see your face in your shoes? Shows <laughs> <laughs> uh, you the, the, the good fella shows you then the the journey they make um, of joining this family in the sense of becoming the sort of low paid. Uh, errand boys selling but cigarettes. Still a part street, of a but still a part of a family. A, that big, had the a big part of what you would just said is the main theme of the film, and yeah. it's the emotive link, the break with the family, mm-hmm. and an induction into a family. Yeah, and yeah. He had to give up on his mum and dad and that sort of stuff. He, yeah. they, they were gone now. He was just part of of the mafia. That was it. He was part yeah. of the family. Uh, the respect that was the one thing. The one of the lines about um, kids in my area used to carry my mother's groceries home. Yeah. Like just it was a pure respect. Uh, so you can imagine the power trip that was going through their heads, being that young, and to have that um, security and and literally security <laughs> yeah. uh, around you at all times. So it shows you then uh, giving you a context of what was going on in New York. So this is based roughly between nineteen fifty five and uh, nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole film. Uh, so then we cut then after we get the sort of background to how he meets. Um, Tommy and things like that. Yep. As 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 teenagers, it cuts into them as twenty twenty one year olds, and they're fully fledged gangsters at this stage. Yeah. They went from selling stolen cigarettes to literally hijacking the trucks. They're hijacking the, the trucks and them. taking the cigarettes. Yeah. So this is uh, so it's a it's a big crime movie in that sense, but like everything Scorsese does, it's never done in a in a mundane way, and it's also I don't know how he does it, but you sort of all you're almost rooting for them. 
Well, like it's anti-heroes. Written, it's yeah, anti-heroes. So you're rooting of. for the criminals, and uh, he always sort of has that way of of getting you on their side. Yeah. Um, because, and I do believe the narration this plays a massive part. Well, that's what speeds it up. Yeah, the narration just takes you like fifteen minutes ahead in mm-hmm. one sentence, and uh, what I also loved is then you've got Henry Hill making this journey as becoming a gangster, but then he meets Karen. So at some point, um, I can't remember, like 20, 25 minutes into it, all of a sudden you hear Karen's voice. So yep. the, the narration shifts over to Karen, yep. which is just, again, mind-blowing at the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, well... 30 years next year, actually, by the way. Yeah, when you're into the film and you're so into his voice. His voice, yeah. And not even voice. his voice as a young man, his voice yeah. as an adult that we know, just sort of dictating his whole life up until this point. Then he meets her and it's her voice. You're, <laughs> you start to... I don't know why, why, but my my thought pattern started shifting to. Surely this couldn't be because her first scene, he's not really paying attention to her. Yeah, doesn't give her. And they're out on a double date, and he doesn't really care. And then there's an infamous scene which I think is amazing, where she turns up and bollocks the fuck out of him in front of all his mates, (laughs) and he says she looked amazing and really, and she looks unreal Mm -hmm. because she's just. Barking, pure passion. Just she doesn't even pull up on the side of the car. She pulls up yeah. on the pavement, drives up onto the pavement, yeah. and all the boys are just hollering backwards, <laughs> like they can't believe this person's doing this to him. And because he's smiling and taking it, sort of, oh, I'm getting the fucking ass you out here. Yeah, everybody's going. All right, this could be the one. And Karen then becomes, uh, a, 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 well, obviously a major part, obviously in, in Henry's life, but a major part then in being the non-gangster person's viewpoint. You're starting mm. to, she, basically, she's the audience. Yeah. You know, she start at the start. She's like, everything was so crazy. They're all named Polly. They're all named, you know, they've mm-hmm. got and all the women are all the women are all, all doing this. So uh, she was given that view of going, this is so weird for me coming into this uh, this family, which is what it is. But alongside it being a family, it's a it's a lifestyle, it's a tradition and culture and all that sort of stuff. So, it like she was Jewish, so this was the the, the it was a weird. <laughs> Yep. Weird thing for her to come along. They're all Marie. Were they all Marie? Mm-hmm. All, all the women were called Marie, um, and they all ha- they all looked a lot older than they should do. As you were saying, um, but of course, if you're married to a fucking monster, you're that's going to be the case. Yeah, you're going to uh, have a few sleepless nights. In fairness, mm-hmm. uh, so Karen and uh, Henry end up getting together, and this is probably then their first official date. Mm-hmm. Is probably the most famous scene, not most famous scene, sorry, I should say, maybe the most the famous, most lauded. Yes, I was uh, going to say most of famous directors of cinematic yeah. moves, and it's been copied. It it happened before, but not to this extent, not to the level. So if you've seen Goodfellas, you'll know the scene I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to try and spoil it to you, but it's one long take, and it's their journey into the Copa, the Copa Cabana, which um, is a nightclub, a nightclub, and instead of going through the front like nor the normal plebs. Uh, Henry, of course, being a, a good fella, he goes in the back entrance. So the camera follows him the whole way from, from the, the car, right through across the street, down into the back, through all the tunnels and all the alleyways to get to the kitchen, through the kitchen and all that, right into the main the main vista, the main room. Uh, all one shot. All one shot. Now, it's not until they're maybe a third of the way through the whole thing, I think, and this camera hasn't shifted. The, fr- yep. you know, the first time you watch it, like there, there's going to be one long shot, yep. <laughs> and done to perfection. Now, uh, reading up on it, I think it's 
eight times they said they shot it. it they only did it eight times. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two times were like just sort of run-throughs to make sure that the staff who are going past the camera, um, the kitchen staff that he's talking to, this isn't just a tracking shot. This isn't just a camera walking behind people. The whole world is going on around them. Yes. And it's flawless in the eighth take. Yeah. And you can see uh, it's a genuine kitchen. It's, it's a genuine real, kitchen yeah, staff real, who are just working real. away while these yeah, people yeah. are coming through with a camera and just working on, you know, uh, to the to the get to the, the very front um, where they, uh, again, are greeted by bottles of champagne and stuff. and. Well, there's you can sort of that, that's you can see in her face too because the very first question yeah, oh, down is for, for just out of, out of it being a technical uh, achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they finally get into the actual nightclub, they're put at the front row. A table is put in front of them, and chairs are put below them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can hear a person off of camera going, "How did they get a table? Hey, hey why can we not get a table?" So, but besides all that, it's the minute that she falls in love with them, and you see it. Yeah. She does it so well. What do you and do? And she's staring at him like, what, what, who, who, who is this what, person? What do you do? That's what she says to him. She and says, she says, what do you do? What do, you do? <laughs> it's construction. <laughs> it's construction. But what I didn't notice. He's dug a few fucking holes. Right few fucking right. holes right. What I didn't notice was around all the mafia by your stature are sitting at the tables around them. Uh-huh. Up on the higher levels and the sort of darkness are all the bosses. Uh-huh. And you sort of see it when it's Span, oh, right, like okay. people dressed up as uh-huh, you know, yeah. Gambino and, all. and ah, okay. they're all high up, so they get the nobody touches them seats. <laughs> but if you get near the front, mm-hmm. you're well thought of in the yeah. this community. And he's there, and he's brought his new bow, who he's brought in through. And by the way, the only reason that they tracked it through the kitchen it was out of necessity, and it was because <laughs> it was because they weren't allowed in through the front door. Yeah, that's right. The, the business had to go on. The Copa was so yeah. busy. And he said, the Michael Bauhaus, the cinematographer, said, well, if we're going to do it anyway, we'll have to go through the kitchen because the lightning, it's unreal. And then when they filmed it, whatever camera they used, and mm-hmm. went through it. And it does look like they've came from night to day. Yeah. Oh, so bright. So in, in that on, kitchen. Yeah. And then they just yeah. go straight through. But it, it it is a cinematic achievement, definitely. But it's also... A moment in the film that if you weren't looking at the technical aspects of it, mm. you're still massively impressed by how it gets to this point. No, well, even if you forget about the technical things and you just think about Henry Hill, you're yeah, massively yeah, yeah, impressed yeah, yeah. about just this guy's handing out notes to every boy he passes. He's slipping mm-hmm. a twenty in the pockets. He's he's getting in with all the security. So he you know all the boys in the all kitchen, the boys in the kitchen everyone knows. knows him. And uh, as you say, there's always that was Scorsese's great thing about that, and somebody's voice in the background going, "Hey, we can't get a table. Mm-hmm. How can they get?" It? You know, it was just. I remember watching the first time, going, "That's the way I want to fucking enter a restaurant." And do you know why it took eight takes? It no. had nothing to do with the technical aspects. The kitchen staff, Ray Liotta's character, mm-hmm. Lorraine Bracco as the actors. Mm-hmm. It was the comedian. Oh no way! He kept messing up the line when they turned the camera oh. around him. And it happened four or five times, and they were like, hey, "Yeah, this is we've done. We've done our our test. The actual, sort of yeah, the actual joke doesn't. He doesn't give it the time, and it should give it. Mm-hmm. You know, take my wife, please. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then <laughs> fucking comedians. So the fucking them. comedian balls it up again. Never trust them. Like See what happens when you put them in there, lacking. Uh, I think they are something. Come it wasn't even. All he had to do was do a set. <laughs> Uh, then we have uh, they they eventually get married. 
Karen and, and, and Henry get married. And uh, so you've got that. Well, I, you know, I don't want to give the whole, do the whole plot. So um, all the while, there's money galore. <coughs> yeah. Money is flowing uh, as, yeah. as it does from crime. Uh, it starts, and that's what I liked about Goodfellas. I started to show you maybe the ins and outs of how it's been done. Everybody knew it was being done and they knew it was like protection and stuff, but they never actually seen how it was done. Like, you know, so the good example was the restaurant. Yeah. But the guy just, the guy, basically the boys are in the drinking, eating and not paying the bills. The owners then come to the head of the family and say, listen, I, these guys are fucking, they're specifically Tommy, <laughs> Joe Pesci. They're ruining us. They're, they're really, they're, 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 they're going to bankrupt us. Why don't you come in with me on the business? <laughs> Which was, uh-oh, That's uh, a bad move. Bad move. Um, so it just showed you what they did was they, they would sign up to a, a business like that. And this could be replicated in New York uh, by 100 restaurants. You know, Not even mafia-related. People just knew that People scam. Just knew that. Yeah, scam. So they basically went in and got all the drink and all uh, on credit. So brought it in the front door and then sold it at the back at a discount price. And yep. nobody was getting paid, so it didn't matter. And then when it eventually went bust and there was no more credit they torched the place they burnt it to the ground uh and so that was my first time ever seeing that type of thing where because again the godfather never really went into like the details of what are these guys actually doing mm -hmm. you know to get yes there's power yep. and there's that sort of you know again as you say the the perceptions but the reality was how are they getting their fucking money so this is the reality shown um but what i love about it, uh, about the way scorsese has done it is, is that scene for instance about them burning the restaurant down and they're just sitting outside in the car. <laughs> just yeah. Tommy's trying and to it, convince Henry to go to on a double date with him with Karen. Which was the original date. But yeah. then the smoke is just starting to bellow <laughs> yeah. out and the flames are starting to get higher. And then they re oh, we should probably leave. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, that's Park across the street yeah. looking at it. Like. That's what I loved about it. That's how, how well protected they are. They're going, Do, should, we, should we go now? Mm -hmm. And the else set fire to the place. They run the yeah. clock. And they're like, no, well, we should probably leave. The, so the, ultimately then the... Um, we have Joe Pesci. We start to see a few things of Tommy. Um, glimpses of being the sociopath that he is. Um, yep. Who can't... Uh, how do you describe him? Very volatile, very <coughs> short-tempered, but just... Uh, do you want to simplify it as the Napoleon complex type thing? Because he's short. Well, he's depicted as... The younger self is depicted as a small sharply dressed Italian man mm -hmm. and then when we see the older version really Otis character has grown up and is a bit lankier and a bit more sort of like football player yeah and he's still a stumpy still wee. stumpy yeah so yeah it's probably a there's a bit of that because a lot of the stuff I think the two most um, the two most gruesome we see uh, Tommy and Joe Pesci in is uh, when he's getting his balls busted, like when he's getting slagged. Yeah. When they're slagging him, he can't handle the slagging, and that's that. And he can give it, but he can't take it. Yeah. And uh, so you have two famous scenes. One of them has been um, the uh, Spider, obviously, the, yeah. the guy with the drinks, uh, and another one was Billy Bats. Yeah. So Spider's first. Spider's first. And Spider was played by... Michael uh, Imperioli. Michael Imperioli from Sopranos. Yep. Who played Christopher? Who played Christopher Maltesanti in Sopranos? Yes, and uh, it is brutal. I don't, okay, we don't have to break down the scene. People have seen the, it, the, but the, fir the first portion of it is is is, is bad. Mm. Um, where he's just sort of mocking the guy, and 
he's waving his gun around and then he shoots him in the foot. Yeah, by so accident. Well, by a, he's, well shooting at his he's still foot. shooting. Yeah, but but then at the second iteration, the exact same room, exact same scenario. This guy's serving drinks, but now he's got a stumpy leg where he's got all bandaged up and he's having to limp, <laughs> and he's taking it too far again. And Christopher Maltesanti, Michael Pirulli, Spider, turns around and says, "Hey Tommy, why don't you go fuck yourself?" So then he goes dead silent. And has a and face on him. Pesci does the face. The face just says it all, man. You're yeah. like, no matter what happens here, no, he's going to fuck him up after, or he's going to fuck him up now. He's going to be got something. But we're all thinking he's going to beat the fuck. But what he does, and De Niro's character is egging him on. I blame De Niro. I blame De Niro for Spider's death. Because of... Controversial. Because of, controversial. No, no, I agree with you. He, he fucking knows what Tommy's like and he yep. keeps going, are you going to let him get away with that? Are you going to let him get away? <laughs> and he, and he keeps sort of saying, you know, fair play to Spider. You know, he's, yeah. he's, re- he's standing his ground here, fair play to him. But are you going to let him get away? And the minute that he gives a notion that you have been undermined. Mm-hmm. When he actually says that phrase, are you going to let him get away yeah. with this? That's Tommy it. stands up and puts fucking loads of bullets in Spider. Yeah, and poor Spider's dead. And poor um, Spider's dead. Now, a brilliant aside I love it yeah. you, you were going to go there I'm going to go there go a ahead. brilliant aside is that in The Sopranos when Christopher Maldesante shoots a baker in the foot <laughs> and he gets to the door with all his fucking bakery <laughs> items and the guy says you shot me in the foot and before he opens the door he goes it happens <laughs> and then he opens the door and leaves it was brilliant it was fucking brilliant and when that happened and it was the, the time you gave me the box set Sopranos when it first came out and I had just finished Goodfellas and I was going this is the kid in Goodfellas I'm saying to my, my wife Karen and that happened and I give it the holy fuck <laughs> holy fuck that's brilliant <laughs> and she didn't clue what was on that looks like but it, it the, is the, that's the like even then <laughs> the what I loved about Tommy and that scene apart from the fact that she, I don't like him you know no, you see the violence exactly, it is it really is, horrific it is horrific but it's the De Niro's face going, what the fuck did you do? Why did you just do that for us? Leona's face, Leona's reaction to yeah. it is, is awe. But Tommy's reaction is, what the fuck? What? Yeah. So fuck him up. And De Niro's like, you're going to dig a fucking hole? He's like, I'll dig a fucking hole. You think I've never dug a hole before? You know, it's just like, like he's just whatever. shot this guy and he's like, I'll fucking dig a, a hole. Kid? I don't care. A kid, yeah. This isn't, kid, the, uh, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can imagine uh, Michael Imperial in The Sopranos. He's younger he's again. He's younger again. Yeah, he's, he's a teenager, yeah, he's teenager in this thing. Like, yeah. So that moment, to me, that moment in the film is when you, us as an audience, realise, fuck, this has all been shits and giggles up until now, even though there's been a few harsh scenes. Yeah. It's all been pretty... It hasn't touched on this even close no. to what we've just seen, and what we've seen is something pretty harsh. Yeah, absolutely. So... I'm going to just show, will we um, maybe play just just a week snippet? And this this is a, it's probably one of the most famous scenes from the film, um, especially for Tommy. Mm-hmm. In regards to just how, at the turn of a pin, it can go the other way, and uh, obviously, it being a podcast, you need to see this for it to have the full you effect. You really have to see it. You really have to see how it's done. But uh, we'll give you a listen to it so you can get a, 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 the gist of it. <laughs> really funny. Really funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you mean, I'm funny? <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know. You're, it's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? <laughs> Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. 
You mean, so? let me understand this, because I don't you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell the story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? It tell is me. still scary, right? Tell me what's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, that's eerie? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> you motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Stuttering, yeah, stuttering prick yet. Frankie was his... I remember, I remember laughing really loud the first time, because I was fucking 11. Yeah. The first... But I, was, I wasn't I was laughing because it was funny. No, no, no. I was laughing because I was just so relieved, relieved this was over. <laughs> yeah. It's so tense. It's and the look. fucking impossible. And that's his best mate. Uh, yeah. yeah and even, so even his best mate thinks for a while going, is he actually? So that's how much, that scene sums up everything. It shows you how volatile he is. He could turn like even on his best friends going, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to take out a gun and shoot me. Yep. <laughs> and then he eventually goes, ah, fuck away up. Yeah, he just served But the tension there is fantastic. And, and you can see... We probably have all experienced that bunch of guys sitting around a, a table and slagging and stuff, you know, and somebody sometime going, fuck, I don't like what you just said there, but, you know. Yeah. But you're never, you're, it's never, like, that there is. Psychopathic, like. The, the tension there and the yeah. way. So if you get a chance, if you haven't seen Goodfellas, watch it, and when you get to that scene, you'll see why. Those who have seen it will know. I mean, it's just a fantastic uh, bit. And it was improvised. Uh, improvised. Uh, but added into the script after. Yes, I know. I'm going to go back on that one. I improvised as in... Joe Pesci. It happened to Joe Pesci. It happened to him on set. He's seen it. And then... Oh, we got two conflicting stories here. Now. He, a, a story I read is he... It happened to him. He was at the table and two other people were the ones that were going back and forth. And he didn't know if it was serious. Nobody knew it was serious. It got to that point where they were about to laugh mm-hmm. and they were like, this could go anyway it was i don't I know what set it was on though i didn't uh, know it was on a film but well i had i heard a, a variation of that which was it was on this set and it was one of the actual mobsters that they had on set as consultant what had done it to pesci as the joke pesci got all fucking nervous and all going no i didn't mean it again. you know what you know and it built built and then because then they wrote it into the film it happened on that set what one of the actual like obviously every film has consultants and people and you know to, to make sure things are right or whatever and apparently one of the wise guys fucking did it to Pesci on set Jesus and then Christ. they wrote it in because um, again Pesci is just Pesci isn't even Ray Liotta in this because Ray Liotta is a, a wise guy too Pesci is just an actor so he probably shit a fucking brick oh fuck <laughs> oh fuck uh, so well, well we'll have to find out and maybe if you could send a postcard in to well to Drumrat Avenue, Omar, uh, let us know. If, <coughs> when the uh, story was told then to Pelagi and Scorsese, they, mm-hmm. they wrote it in with rehearsals with just Pesci and Leota. Okay. But they didn't tell the other boys at the table what was coming. Uh, okay, that's even better, yeah. So that's why the reaction of everyone in the restaurant it's stops. Yeah. And they kept it just the two cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide so you could see people over their shoulder not just the people that were at the table with them but people at other tables you can see them in the yeah, background Yeah, and they didn't inform anyone so the sound at everything in that is what it sounded like right. in that room when they were oh, filming oh, it the fucking tension of it so it's so good but it's action but it does and it was and it was they were right to add it in oh yes it uh 
it just gives such a great context to Tommy that you you wouldn't have got from any other scene. The the film moves on then to the sort of uh, the risky times of being the gangster and the risky times of being a mobster. So, to, uh, so it's it, if you think of these films, they're they're notoriously written in three acts. Mm-hmm. The first act, everything we've just talked about, which is the rise to power, yeah. the inclusion, family, mm-hmm. positivity, the whole shebang. Depend doesn't matter what film you're on about, it'll follow that. Yeah. The second is always the complications. Yes, the problems. And the problems start uh, with Billy Bats. Uh, yes, I'll go say Billy Bats. Yeah, problem starts for all the Billy Bats. Leota maybe with prison, specifically. I think maybe. Mm, uh, in a way, yeah. but for the or whole family, fam- for, for pretty much the whole family, uh, it's starting it's Billy with Bats, yeah. Billy Bats. Uh, Billy Bats is a character played by Frank Vincent. Yeah, and uh, Billy Bats has just been released from prison. Billy Bats is a made man, and this is the first time I had been introduced to that. Uh, again, going into the detail of what a made man was and uh, how you became a made man. So a made man effectively meant that they they've they've added you to the black book of names of people who are actually an official member of uh, a crime family, and you can't be there can't be a head out on you unless it's sanctioned by your yeah. own family. Yeah, so it has to be signed. So there's a lot of, uh, we'll say, unwritten rules and, and, and things in regards to families. The Henry Hill character explains um, what a made man is mm-hmm. in the sense that you can't even be half Italian. No. Um, you have to be 100%. Your parents have to be both from Italy to be able to trace you back to the old country and things like that. So uh, that was my first time to realize that. And then, as you say, there is a, there's a, just the rule. You do not... Uh, whack which is another lovely mm-hmm. phrase uh, you do not kill uh, a made man uh, unless you've been given the, the go ahead to do so Tommy oh Tommy boy Tommy, Tommy it sets, uh, it's it set up brilliantly the scene itself starts uh, this is in uh, a bar restaurant that Henry Hill owns mm-hmm. in, in the book he buys this bar restaurant in order to get away from he was trying to get away for the first time. Right, okay. Um, but they all end up using it as their clubhouse, like. Yeah, of course. So everybody's turning up for a night out. Um, all the guys are there. And it starts with this amazing sort of piano, dan, like a, yeah. a, an intro to a song. And you see the restaurant from outside and you know by the way it looks compared to the what you've seen in the film so far, mm-hmm. this is something important. Yeah. Something's going to happen mm-hmm. that's the sort of center point for this film falling on its hole. Yeah. Not the film, the story the of the story characters of, in the yeah. film. And I just did it. Yeah, I, I totally get that. The shot what was... What proceeds and what follows, mm-hmm. it's, like a, it's like a totally different film from here on in. Yes. Uh, the tone everything so changes. darker. Yeah. And, yeah. But uh, Tommy walks into the bar. They're all there drinking. And all there drinking. And basically, Billy Bats has just been released. And, of course, Billy Bats being a made man. He's uh, He hasn't seen Tommy. And I was trying to work out the chronology. He said about six years he's been away. Um, and so I'm presuming Tommy's age is at about 22 at this stage. So mm-hmm. he hasn't seen him since he was 16. And uh, Tommy, at one point, used to shine shoes. 
Shane Shoes. So Billy Bats said, uh, "No more Shane Shoes these days." Tommy and of course Tommy being. But it's the, all they're all they're they're like over. It's just a big nice it's to a, see. It's a game, bit of but he's giving him a bit of fucking it's ribbon. A, like. It's a bit of a it's a joke with a jag. You can yes, see of course, Billy Bats of course. Is definitely. He's, it's, he still it's, wants it's, to show off. I'm still yeah, the main I'm man. Still I'm the main still, man. And he's probably because he's probably in prison hearing stories about. Yeah, this these guy, boys Tommy are on the rise. Yeah, they're gonna make a make a name for themselves. Uh, so everything was <laughs> Tommy being as he does as he is, he just sort of. Uh, you know, I don't think that was very respectful. It sounds like you're taking the piss, yeah. and, then, and then of course Billy Bass says, "I mean no, I mean no, dis- uh, no, no uh, disrespect." Now go home, and get your fucking shoe shine box. Yep. And that's it. Tommy's gone, and uh, yep. Tommy busts the, the, the glass. The woman that he's with is being has been taken out of the thing, and as he's leaving, he just says to uh, Henry and Jimmy, "Keep him here." Mm-hmm. Now, uh. Even at that point, you hadn't seen the proper. We hadn't seen proper violence at that point, because we should point out again: this is pre Reservoir Dogs, pre Tarantino. Way, this is yep. so we're still at the point of of very reserved um, violence, and especially the mainstream mm-hmm. violence. Any big studio releases didn't have that um, uh, as as anything in like that the way that it was in this scene where Billy Bats is then attacked when Tommy comes back. And they give, they give him a proper. <laughs> well, when when Robert De Niro's character first comes on to the screen in this film at all, early on in the film, way before this, they mention about how he's the most feared guy in the mafia, and he mm-hmm. was taking out hits when he was sixteen and all mm-hmm. this. But you hadn't seen De Niro go full pelt. No, you never seen anything the whole way through until now. Yeah. So Tommy comes back after being ushered out, and he says, to, as Connor says, he says to Jimmy and Henry, "Keep him here." And he comes back, and De Niro's lounging over. Billy Bats. Billy Bats is doing the big story of and I've done my time and all this. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy walks up and just stands beside him, sees him, realizes he's about to get fucked up, and the two boys fuck him up. They wail into him. Uh, a proper, proper graphic um, beating uh, in regards yeah. to cinematography of it. Like it's the, the Allegedly had to re- reduce eight frames. He had to cut out eight frames of blood from that scene. In order to get the R rating that they wanted, otherwise from that just that scene, from that scene, uh, I'd well believe it. Yeah, it's 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 very very brutal. They're, they're they're literally kicking a man's face in. Yeah, and you get to see short snippets of his face getting hit with a foot, mm-hmm. and it's it's brutal. But there's a bit where Tommy pulls the gun out to shoot him his big fucking mouth, his big dumb, and you never know if he's actually shot him and the gun falls out of his hand. Mm-hmm. But what we learn later is he didn't actually get to shoot him. No. Uh, he gets it kicked out of his hand and the gun goes off. But this is all soundtracked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like I said at the start, it's got this nice sweet soul song sort of leading us into the restaurant. And then when Tommy comes back, the soundtrack is Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Atlantis mm-hmm. here in Atlantis <laughs> which if you ever heard it mm-hmm. no way that's going to work no. but it works, fucking works so fucking good too well actually what did they say it's, it's so any other song there it, you it, you wouldn't be left with it at all but it's one of maybe it's countless scenes in this film where you cannot picture oh, it in your head without well hearing then, the music he, he, he has done that with this film especially as you say he has changed so many songs for me Mm-hmm. Like there are songs that I can't hear without, without thinking of Goodfellas yeah. without seeing the scenes. 
but yes, I mean that there's there's a line and it's very very a small line at the end of that scene. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Sorry, I got blood on your floor. Yeah. <laughs> See, remember this Tommy. is Henry's. This is Henry's restaurant. This is his own restaurant. So the two boys are kicking the skull of a maid man in on the floor of his fucking bar restaurant. And then they're trying to clean up the body and they're trying to get... And Henry's running about like, what are we going to do? He's a made man. We're going to have to... So they really are going to have to bury him. And then Tommy says, sorry, I got <laughs> sorry, blood, I got blood floor. on your floor. <laughs> um, and, and then that's... So that... Uh, it's literally from that point where they've taken... You know, it's... They go to, to uh, Tommy's mother's house to... Another an, <laughs> world-class... Uh, that's actually Scorsese's mum. That's Scorsese's mum. Yeah, she's actually, uh, she's never acted before. And she does a very good job of it, you know, for being, because she's supposed to be playing a sort of ditzy old mother at three o'clock Italian in the morning mom. because these guys have come landed in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she does it, she's excellent at it. Um, and they, uh, they've they have driven over a deer and he needs to take a knife with him to, to hack off the, the hoof. Hoof. The hoof from the grill. Hoof. <laughs> Again, uh, most of it improvised. Most of it improvised, and you have that. Uh, there's is that the one with the picture? Yeah. Yeah. So the picture of the two dogs uh, <laughs> facing east and west. So it's so surreal. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a when funny you know you've got the dead body in the boot, and it actually yeah. does a wee far away shot. There, there's a funny. They're sitting in the kitchen eating, and you can still hear the beating from the trunk of the boot. <laughs> Frank, what's his surname again? Frank, Billy Bats. Frank Vincent. Frank Vincent. There's a funny interview where he's talking about. Um, they're they're at the end of the conversation. Basically, they go to get a a shovel from Tommy's mum, but mm-hmm. she wakes up, makes them come in and eat. So they're all sitting like big kids sitting eating food at mum's table, and most of the stuff that's been talked about is improvised. There's a bit of it scripted, but uh, he then mentions uh, about the knife that they need, but they'll mm-hmm. need the knife to cut him up. But what they say is they're just because they've hit a deer, they're going to cut off the hoof. So to keep mum off the scent, then she shows them a painting. <laughs> And De Niro goes, he looks like somebody we know. <laughs> yeah. As in the guy yeah, to in the, the fucking, the trunk. fucking trunk. And then the camera cuts over to a window where the car <laughs> boot is, like the back of the car is facing the window and they go out. And Frank Vincent said that a person actually walked up to him and said, how did you hold your breath in the boot of that oh. car? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh no, I got a straw and put it out. Not in the fucking boot, you fucking... <laughs> Oh, sweet fuck. Yeah, so from there, this is basically the point in the film where there's... I don't want to say too much about the end because... Yeah. We're, we're going to have to mention certain things, but there's going to be spoilers pretty much from here on in, but uh, things start to go downhill, but not rapidly. It's mm-hmm. a slow decline, but you can see there's movements into drugs, mm-hmm. um, and that's from the time that Henry and... Polly are in prison. He starts dealing drugs in prison to make money. Yeah. Um, and then you have to remember that Cosa Nostra and the Mafia had a strict no drugs policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a major no-no, uh, which is fucking hilarious considering yeah. everything else that they yeah. get up to. But um, it was a massive, uh, you're out. And you're out then would mean you're not to be found. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, there is no out. <laughs> you're, there is no you're, out. you're out as a whole. You're gone. With a bag of lime. Uh, we then, uh, again, I don't want to be getting into spoiler territory, but um, we think about then, which is a true story, so there's no real, the Lufthansa mm-hmm. um, the heist. heist. 
So the heist was one of the biggest on record at that time mm-hmm. in America. Um, Six million dollars taken from Lufthansa, which is the airline, and uh, it was from the JFK airport. In the film, it's Jimmy Conway's heist in that sense, um, and uh, the guys are all well involved. The comedy then comes, <laughs> I love uh, the comedy that comes from the scene after where they're all in the bar. Yeah, and uh, which is sort of the big celebration of the heist. Of the heist, yeah. But we're not we're not talking the heist. Yeah. We're not doing anything. Told everybody to be low key. Mm-hmm. Don't buy nothing big. Don't drink <laughs> brash. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, the first guy rocks up. Who is what do you call it? The guy, um, the real in real life. He's um, is he Artie? He looks like the guy uh, that does. It looks like Artie Lang. Artie Lang, hi. Yeah. Um, he comes in with with, the, with the, his wife, and he's just bought her a brand new big pink Cadillac. As pink. As pink and as big as you can get. As you and a coat. And a, no, no, no. Oh, that's the other <laughs> way. That's Frankie Bones. So he's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, that's uh, that's my mother-in-law's name. It's okay. And he's like, what did I fucking tell you? Don't buy any bag. No, it's my mother's. <laughs> you stupid. Get the fuck out. And he, <laughs> and as he pushes him out the door, and he's turning, going, fucking told him not to buy. Frankie Bones comes in <laughs> with the fucking the wife wearing a mink coat. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, what the fuck did I tell you? He's like, he's coming in with a $25,000 cat like you're wearing a $20,000 coat. Get the fuck off. So the paranoia hits Jimmy then at this stage. And this is where we see then the Jimmy the gent isn't so much of a gent in that sense. Um, and the greed, I suppose, yep. wanting to keep. Uh, paranoia in one way they he thinks he might get touted on. But uh, the reality probably is he wanted to keep all the money to himself. The, the greed is the overpowering yeah. factor, they say. Uh, so what happens is then he starts to remove... Uh, or slash whack slash kill which again um is done in a scene that just shows him standing at a bar yeah and he's smoking a cigarette yeah and sunshine of your love starts playing sunshine of your love is right and the camera zooms in on him real slow mm-hmm. and he's sort of going slow motion but he looks over the person he's looking over to is tommy and he sort of gives like a wee yeah wee raise of the eyebrow and that means fuck them. Yeah, that's over. Uh, so the... I w- just want to mention it mainly because um, we'll not go through each of the, the famous deaths in that sense, but we've got to talk about Sam L. So yes. Samuel L. Jackson is in this as a complete unknown. Nobody had a clue. He had just done... Was it Glory? Not Glory. Uh, what do you call it? Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. I think I was 88, 89. So I think that's where Scorsese had seen him. So he's a very a bit part, no, like mm-hmm. two two scenes, three scenes. So he plays Stax, which was the guy who was supposed to get rid of the van after the heist. But Stax, being a stoner, he uh, forgets, and the FBI find the van. And he goes to his girlfriend's house. He yeah. gets stoned, forgets to get the to go and get the the truck and dump it. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot of scenes. We don't see that. That's just been no, told no, to it's not by narration. It, so it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's very very little he's in. But the reason I'm bringing him up is because of the the death scene. We've got mm-hmm. um, Tommy. Is sent to go and get him, Tommy and Frankie Bones. Frankie Carbone. Frankie Carbone with the fucking hair. The greatest fucking eyebrows and uh, I've ever seen in your life. Just beautiful. Uh, and voice, actually. I would nearly go say the, the trifecta. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. uh, what does he say? He, he, when they come in and introduce him at the start, he says something, and I still to this day, I've even put subtitles on, and I can't even read what the subtitles <laughs> are. To, it's just this muffle. <laughs> They come in to uh, pretend to stacks that they're here to collect them, take them to uh, wherever they're going to. And as 
stacks uh, is getting his trousers on is uh, dressed you can see the the gun with the silencer just mm -hmm. coming into the shot from behind his head um tommy assassinates him the in a one shot yeah one angle from behind it's not a big edited one it's, angle it's from all behind one camera and, and like what i always got was the spring in motion of samuel Jackson. yeah bouncing onto bouncing the bed onto the bed because of the force of a shot i'd never thought of that before i'd never thought of a bullet hitting somebody and actually so much force that close it yeah. actually physically bounces them into mm -hmm. the bed. And I thought it was fucking... I, I still don't really know how he did it himself. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> then the thing is, it shows you then this... Uh, it, it, it somehow at some point... I don't know if it's straight after that or like 30 seconds later where it shows you... goes back to it and shows you Pesci doing it. Yeah, from so the it shows other... You from the front. Yeah, from the front where it shows it slow motion. and the, no emotion. The cock of the hammer or of the yeah. gun going back. And and the shots are just so uh, so vibrant, but not in a glitch of emotion on Pesci's mm -hmm. face. You can see, I watched it closely the other day to see, does he actually blink? He blinks at the first bullet, he doesn't blink at the second one. So, I mean, even in slow motion, he has got it. You know, he's made sure yeah. that he's as fucking sinister looking as he is. And then we get to the coffee line. <laughs> so you've got this most sinister fucking death. Uh, Which is all in one fluid. All in one fluid, fluid motion. And... Uh, he <laughs> so as we should have explained when they first walk in somebody says yeah I'll make a cup of coffee blah blah Frankie Bones and Frankie Bones is gonna make coffee uh, so after Tommy's just shot stacks he's about to walk out and he goes okay let's make this coffee let's make that coffee to go in other words let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> and then Frankie Bones like walks into the room after he shot Samuel L. Jackson in the back of the head so there's a bloody deceased corpse all over the fucking place and Pesci goes walking towards him and Frankie Bones goes was it holding an espresso well, fucking pot? You better make that coffee to go. And he's like, "All right, okay." He turns around to walk to the door, and he goes, "He's actually trying to take the coffee with him because it's just in one. I suppose in one of moments, if it was any of us, you'd be like, "Well, it's Tommy, uh, so he's just shots in my head. You'll do uh, whatever the fuck he says. Okay, and you'll take it literally. Yeah, you'll just take a make a coffee to go." Which he was joking. Like, obviously, yeah. we're going there. <laughs> walking yeah, out the door with espresso pot but it's because they know that they'll get the fingerprints of yeah. Stax and they're going to him first they're going to get so to the him, mafia yeah. gets to the, him to well, get rid not, of him well I think in the film what they're saying is this is all Jimmy this is all De Niro's yeah, character yeah. this is not really the mafia so it's just like he's sort of wiping out the paranoia he's getting to him um, so we're, we're moving on to the, the, the sort of scene where uh, the bodies are being recovered yep. of those that he again you can't hear that music I can't hear Layla anymore it's that coda, man, and it's the most beautiful part of it's the song. The, it's magical. It always was magical, but yeah. then this just like turned it. And I, I actually think I heard this first. You know, I heard it in Goodfellas before I heard Layla the song uh, as you, a full you, thing. I, you know, I, I, I would I, go with that too, man. I don't think I, I don't think I was listening to Derek and the Dominos until I was mm. you know, way older. So I just knew it as Goodfellas, uh, and every time I hear it now, no matter where it is, all I think about is Frankie Bones in the back of a fridge and his snot is frozen yep. <laughs> it's just that visual that he's at the end of a meat rack a meat rack and a, and a freezer at pack at the very yeah. back mm -hmm. and so the shot is amazing too because it's a crane and the crane's getting closer to the doors of this big articulated frozen That's truck right, yeah. and the doors open, open. And, and the camera goes camera in and fucking. goes through all the smoke of the mm -hmm. haze of the frost and then Frankie Bones, Frank, Frankie Bones hung yeah. up on a meat hook the other guy's in the fucking pink Cadillac <laughs> He's okay. dead. <laughs> He's in the pink Cadillac that he brought to and the bar. Is it Stax that's in the in the in the garage or the garbage? Is the the skip? No. No, that's the guy from the airport. Oh, the airport guy. Yes, the guy who gets them in through. There was a third one in the in the, the dumpster, as they called yeah. it. 
so yes, that's Layla. So the the, the music I think um, is probably the one of the best. He didn't really do scores. He did just songs of uh, the era of the era, and he did set a rule. I read that somewhere where like if they were at the no matter what period they were reflecting on at that time, no song could be after after that, that date. So it if had this to was be set in seventy three, it had before. to be seventy three or before, yeah. which was fucking brilliant, and I loved that. It was, but it was even creepier that when him and Pelegi were writing the screenplay together, uh, there were moments where he would just say the name of a band or a song, mm-hmm. like uh, the shot where Jimmy's figuring out, I could just take all these other fuckers out and keep all the money mm-hmm. between myself and whoever else I choose to stay alive. Uh, he told Pelegi, just write down cream. Right. And he went, what do you mean cream? He goes, just write the word cream. So he knew then. Because the he was visualizing it. Yeah. And the words are there, so that's happening. And he was visualizing it, but he was trying to visualize it with a song because Scorsese's a fucking lunatic with music. Like, oh, big music nut, yeah. So he's he's trying his best within the script. So he was confusing even the writer as to what he actually... Because th- this is a guy who never wrote a script neither. And mm-hmm, Scorsese yeah. was just helping him out. Just trying to get through. Trying yeah. to make it structured. But Scorsese was visualizing the entire thing. See everything, yeah. And uh, the, the which had never been done before. That no, type I, of film was never done before. No. So for to, to be able to see it, but then that goes back to his roots. He he lived amongst these people his entire life. Absolutely. And uh, it was what he wanted to show. That said about afterwards about the the violence and stuff. And he said they actually he 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 numbed it down a bit from what the reality was. What mm. you've seen on there, you know, it was a lot worse than that. Yeah. Uh, the end and then uh, the final act, if you want to go that route, I mean, again, it's a true story, so we're not going to spoil anything, you can go and look about it, but, so Henry Hill turns informant and they end up due to being caught with a load of drugs and guns. Now, well, act three that sort of begins with uh, a day in the life. Henry's day. And it's called the last day of a wise guy mm-hmm. uh, in the script. And, and that we're not going to go through that day because no, it's it's so it's mad. brilliant to watch. It's excellent to watch. It's um the word they see I seem to describe it frenetic, which is true. Yeah. different. Like the cuts of it, the shortcuts, the fast pace. Scorsese said he wanted it to be like we see it, fast paced to keep your attention, and then the only scenes that stop are the ones you know are things that are going to change the course of the film. Mm-hmm. And then the last bit is him in a complete cocaine meltdown. That's and it was, it's, it's yeah. so frenetic, like you say, for it, a reason. Yeah, he wanted to sort of the the. the to show the drug-addled mind mm-hmm. of Henry and how it's all over the place and that. And so, again, like we say, we're not going to go through that, but it's so well done. It's so uh, choreographed. Uh, uh, and and the it changed the whole dynamic of the film. Yep. The final act changed everything. And uh, somebody, I think somewhere along the line, said to Scorsese about it, why? why? And, he, and he just was like, why not? I can change it. To, yeah, we're, we can do what whatever we want. We can change, and he did. And uh, I think films ever since have been all the better for it, for that input. Well, <coughs> er, er, there, there's if you think there's of there's a huge amount of modern filmmakers that pick the films, good films in their top ten, and Goodfellas is always there, just slap bang in the middle, yeah. like because that's the one that made me realize that you can have all these facets of Truffaut and Coppola and all, and then in the middle of it can be this. Mm-hmm. It's it's pop art. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a modern American fairy tale in the sense that the mafia is, even though originated in Italy, it's a very American mm-hmm. notion. Yeah, and to soundtrack it, and then have it with such a cast 
and written so well, mm-hmm. directed so well, edited so well, the set design, everything is fucking immaculate. Yeah, there isn't a there isn't a weak part of it. No, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's, it really is. It's perfect. Uh, the the sort of legacy, I suppose. I mean, I we may start controversy and say, is it the greatest? Um, gangster movie ever that's made that's not controversial it is I think it, it actually is. is I genuinely think it is uh, as much as I love The Godfather 1 and 2 I still uh, just no matter what it is with Goodfellas every time it's on anytime you, fl- you just can't turn away from there, it there isn't any a person point of it, I you know could, as you say any of those three acts you could join in at any time and thoroughly enjoy it's and watch the end again you know, it's, it's magic it really is so if you haven't watched it we would encourage you to uh, to do so because uh you will if you've if you've watched, for instance, the likes of Sopranos or any of those things without uh, ever having uh, seen Goodfellas, you'd actually think <laughs> you'd think Goodfellas was a copy of Sopranos, but in fact, it's probably the other way about. Uh, obviously, um, Sopranos like uh, apart from Lorraine Bracco being uh, uh, the instant mm-hmm. natural Lincoln and uh, Michael Perioli, but. It took it to the new sort of level of then trying to find out the psychology of the gangster yep. in that sense. It, it opened up the the, the, the the book that was placed in front of them. They opened up and got into many different facets of things you would never, yeah. what they do during the day when nobody's around, <laughs> you know, that type of thing that didn't need to be explored in Goodfellas in any way because it was fast-paced. It's fast-paced. fast-paced. Even yeah. though it's a long yeah. film, yeah. it's fast-paced. And fast-paced. that's the joy of TV shows. <laughs> they can go into that character development a lot more uh, in-depth than a, a movie can. We then talk about Scorsese and his yep. future things. You've got, you know, um, as you said earlier, Cape Fear came out um, with De Niro. But then, well, right before after, did he, was it Casino? After Casino, soon after, yeah. The Casino was like 95. 95, 96. So you have Which Pesci and De Niro returning again in a Scorsese yeah. film based on the gangster. So it was fucking fodder for the. Bit of a rehash. Bit of a yes, but uh, it, it was it was it was. I wouldn't want to say it grossed a lot of money. I wouldn't say sequel, but it's an homage maybe too. But I mean, it's it's almost a, a carbon copy. You've got Pesci yes. playing the same sort of psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got De Niro being the cautious, um, and it's even more violent. And even more violent, yeah. Than Which I uh, don't know. I mean, I still think of that head and the vice thing for yeah. Um, it's not. Years re- it wasn't necessary. Wasn't necessary, but still. Freaked me out at the time. It did. It's a, it's and uh, when I was in Vegas, I fucking behaved myself. <laughs> I didn't fucking mess about. Uh, the the cast then. I mean, we had different things. Pesci. I mean, apart from Home Alone's uh, and Lethal Weapons, he basically retired after that. And ten years later or so, and my cousin Vinny. Uh, was that uh, that was after Goodfellas? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was that ninety one? Ninety two. Think so. And then you had Home Alone, which would have been. Was not the thing. It was like the M three sort of. All, which is, all within the scene. Which is quite a hat trick. But he sort of he sort of quit. It, yeah, he retired. He, he, he officially he, retired. Oh, he officially yeah, retired. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, he stepped out. He, uh, Although he, he before finished. that, he uh, did have the chance to record a, an album. Oh, have you heard that? I have not. There's a song in it called "Wise Guy." Oh, there is not. It's a rap album, Connor. It is not. Joe Pesci rap album. Hold on, we gotta find that shit. Before, well, Connor's looking that up. I'm gonna. There's a wee oh bit of trivia God. I want to tell you about. Joe so Pesci, wise guy. The guy, the guy we're talking about, Frankie Carbone, uh-huh. is played by an actor called Frank Severo. Yes. Frank Severo sued the Simpsons for like two hundred million dollars. 
Oh. Because they used his likeness. Because he is. The, like, he's a walking stereotype of what but you think of a fucking Italian his gangster. His was that James L. Brooks, etc., lived in an apartment close to his. And they were right. around him around the time that the Goodfellas was being made. So they seen how he looked at the time. Oh, uh, no way. But okay. it was thrown out of court in 2015. Oh, okay. Because it made no damn sense. Uh, and you, it'll be good to go and look about that. If you were to look online to see... Frank Severo. Like Simpsons and Goodfellas. Oh, there's quite a link. Yeah. Like the Mafia link in... Well, the three main guys <laughs> who play the mafia. No, but did you say you couldn't tag them or something you were saying earlier? Well, no. The, what I was trying to do was when we try to get the pictures to put up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, we try to have a link of the... I don't want the picture to be obvious. So I was going to put a picture last night of his character in The Simpsons. <laughs> and then to say, guess what we're doing next? People would say, oh, The Simpsons. You're like, mm-hmm. no. No. But you're not allowed to link... I wasn't allowed to hashtag Simpsons and Goodfellas because it was a, a legal case. Jesus. <laughs> because Frank Zero thought that the character looked too much like him. That is mental. So that's there you are. That's, there's the fucking, there's your legacy for you. So are we going to, uh, do we have uh, a snippet from Joe, or is it Joe Pesci Wise Guy? Are we gonna, we're not going to play the full track, are we? Are we going to? Oh, oh, hold on! If I can find, where, I have it here. I have. Go play with it. It's it's. I don't know. Shit. I don't know how long it it takes to. Uh, get it's a hip hop song. Like, I just can't figure out how that would be hip hop. Um, Joe Pesci doing hip hop. Well, even I, I, even when I watched the introduction to a person talking about it, then. Oh, baby! Yep. I swear to you. That is that is. Oh, I swear to you. That's funky shit right there. Wait. That's a blondie hook, isn't it? That's what it is, right? Uh huh. Which was actually the first. Yeah. Holy fuck. Joe, 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 my man, you just... Joseph, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, he's just ruined her. Uh, that might explain why he's coming back to the Irishman. Well, <laughs> that just to cleanse his soul from that fucking shit. One more bit of in-house trivia. In the book, uh-huh. when Henry's in prison, they say uh, that Polly has an affair with Karen. Oh. Polly right. lost. Yes. Tommy then learns of this. This is the real life people. Uh-huh. And tries it on with Karen, who rebukes him because the fuck would she be talking about uh-huh. Tommy for? And he tries to rape her. Polly hears of this and they say that it's he who puts the head out on Tommy in real uh-huh. life. Okay. And he's the one who tells the Gambinos, I'm sanctioning this on my end because he he's the one who killed kill Billy, Billy Bats. Tommy's body's never been found. So the whole thing about oh, her, okay. he couldn't give him an open casket because they shot him in yeah. the, I know it's a spoiler, but you fucking watched it. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's body actually was never found in real life. Okay. Oh, there you are. I didn't know that. So post, post Goodfellas, uh, the sort of popularity of the film um, and what we have now considered in the top 20 greatest American films ever made. Yeah. The absolutely. greatest gangster film ever made. 
Goodfellas was beat, but Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I know. To film and director. Uh, uh, that, that Kevin, Kevin fucking Costner. Costner. Kevin, Kevin, one Kevin. best director over Scorsese in the Goodfellas. Kevin was doing, uh, he was doing something in Hollywood. I don't know what he was doing, but so nobody knows what he was doing. But he was getting a lot of stuff. He was getting a lot of attention, whatever he was at. And then Whoopi beat fucking Lorraine Bracco. Whoopi, Whoopi and Ghost Goldberg and Ghost. That's right. And it's very fucking rare that you'll find uh, a comedy performance getting an Oscar. She won it. Hmm. Moving swiftly along. Don't. So uh, we can. I just keep fucking saying so. It's part of my, I don't know what it is. I just... You love it? I'm a soul man. Um, we have... We have been gaining, like we said at the start, we've been gaining a few listeners, so uh, we would ask you to put in, please like and subscribe on the old fucking tunes and the, probably the Spotify and all, because uh, it helps, allegedly. It helps uh, cr- raise the profile mm. a bit. Uh, other than that, just keep listening, keep rocking. We will be back next week with um, I don't know what our format is next week. I think we're going to go to music again. Or music we? again, probably yes. Which will be will be time for that, yeah. Uh, and so and l- d- believe us when we say we don't know what we're gonna do. Nah, well we have our list, but we like to. I uh, don't know which one. We don't know which one, but we know there's stuff there. Uh, we also. We are open to suggestions. Uh, we'll not listen to them, but we're open to them. And uh, we, God knows where this will go. Uh, this is part of a Creative Highlands production okay. type thing. So this yeah. podcast studio we're talking in now is... Um, I'm merely an associate of Creative Thankfully Hylians. down to the Creative Highlands, which is um, a bunch of us have got together to try and set up a a spot for anybody who wants to do something creative so if you want to do a podcast or you're interested in doing something like that give us a shout and we'll we'll hook you up and uh don't ask me i don't know don't ask Roman. no no but uh i'll point you down the road of uh mcdonald's applications or something yeah but you look good doing it (laughs) here you're fucking talking to the right man (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for listening folks we will be back next week good luck